Next time on It's Not Human Sexuality. So what are you seeing in your practice right now? Are you seeing a lot of people struggling with, you know, dating, finding relationships, hooking up? You know, what kind of, what are you seeing right now? Finally, I feel like it's so big that I do, I'm not trying to stop it anymore. I'll, I'll open up Zoom to talk to my client and um, they're holding a glass of wine. And I'm like, um, excuse me, you're in therapy? That's no longer a scam. That That's that's just a choice. I know. Maybe not the best one, but, <laughs> but you know, who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> what I really feel bad and angry about is the social media platforms not doing anything about it. And I said to them, why would I have to hire an attorney? This is Facebook's problem. This is Instagram's problem. If I end up hiring an attorney, I'm going to sue Facebook and Instagram. When we're still on complete lockdown, we had to sing happy birthday to my five-year-old granddaughter through Zoom. Mm -hmm. And my daughter goes, I'm only going to let you do this if you promise not to cry. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody's brought anything illegal into my <laughs> Google Meets because, um, yeah, I was just thinking that that would be a low end for me, for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's changing everything, isn't it? Welcome back to It's Not Human Sexuality. I'm Betsy Cairo, or Dr. B. And I'm Mandy Johnson, and we're excited to be back recording. After recording our first two seasons, we're deciding to switch things up just a little bit. So now we're just going to be doing individual episodes, one at a time. We're also going to change up our style a bit. You will get the pleasure of listening to a wide variety of guests tell their stories. That's not to say that Mandy and I won't have a few episodes here and there with just us. But stay tuned because you're about to meet our first guest. Loving the time of COVID can be tricky to navigate. It isn't just about wondering if it's safe to hook up. There's other things such as extreme loneliness, feelings of isolation and fear that people can become victims to during this time as well. Loneliness can push people to behave in ways they typically wouldn't. Stay tuned and learn all the nuances of this and other situations that can and do arise with online scammers with sex therapist, Dr. Joe Court. I'm Betsy Cairo. And I'm Mandy Johnson. This is It's Not Human Sexuality. Dr. Joe Court is the director of the Center for Relationship and Sexual Health in Royal Oak, Michigan, and also co-director of a modern sex therapy institute that offers certificates in sex therapy, sex and relationship coaching, and PhDs in clinical sexology. Additionally, Joe Court is a certified sexuality therapist. His podcast, Smart Sex, Smart Love, brings leading experts together to talk all things sex and relationships. He's joining us today from Royal Oak, Michigan, as we cover love in the time of COVID. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. Joe, we know you are so busy. I mean, I follow you on Facebook. I've moderated some of your workshops and... Um, but lately, you have been really busy giving a lot of interviews, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But um, what I'd like to talk about first is during this time, you know, you deal with couples and sex therapy and relationship therapy. And here we are in the time of COVID where social distancing is becoming this mantra over and over and over again. And, it, you know, relationships are hard in the best of times. So what are you seeing in your practice right now? Are you seeing a lot of 
people struggling with, you know, dating, finding relationships, hooking up, you know, what kind of, what are you seeing right now? God, I'm seeing things all over the map. I, I think I'm I'm most surprised seeing people still hooking up, you know, and not being very concerned about kissing or getting within, you know, uh, proximity of catching this um, and people and and I'm having clients have multiple partners, anonymous partners or people they meet through Tinder or Grinder or whatever, and um, they're not getting sick and they're feeling more uh, um, courageous. And I have others who are devastated because it's caused them to have so much loneliness and put dating and relationships on hold. So it's like a wide gamut of that and everything in between. So it's kind of maybe. Not much has changed. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I guess I, I, I think about some of my clients and even some friends and I think, I guess I thought they, I, I'm seeing, it's surprising me. Like I would think, oh no, that person's going to probably be really careful. That's, you know, I can just see them and then they're not. I think it's more me. I'm more like struck by who's deciding not to be and, and who's deciding to be, you know? Right. But um, yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, you're saying before COVID, you mean, right? Just people yeah. are taking risks or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I'm uh, kind of team teaching this middle school class with uh, a PE teacher who's doing a really good job. But it's been COVID's been an interesting analogy for us to talk about using protection and social distancing and barriers, you know. And it's interesting because the students can really relate to it better now, which is weird because we relate condoms and masks and. <laughs> And uh, they they get it, which is good because we don't really want to scare them, but we just want to explain to them that, you know, barriers do work and they do keep it safe and still allow you to interact. And so with you seeing some of the same things, it's interesting, but which leads me to my next topic, which you've done a lot of recent interviews about, which is the, which is catfishing. And um this, it seems to me like a perfect storm. You know, you have people who are isolated, like you talked about, who are lonely, and for catfishing to maybe become more prevalent and uh, maybe more successful than it was in the past because of people feeling the more isolation. And so maybe to begin with, you can explain catfishing. Yeah. So, um, I, it's so, as you know, it's been happening to me over the last 10 years uh, where, um, uh, and I was actually kind of quiet about it because it was very embarrassing and weird. And I didn't really know what was happening or what to do about it other than what I was doing where um, these uh, people were using my picture to scam women out of money. And I'm telling you, uh, it worked and to the point where they kept using it over and over and over again. And since COVID, uh, it's gone up in frequency of using my picture and other people's pictures. So if people don't know what catfishing is, it's pretending to be somebody. So even though they're using my image, they're not saying they're me. So they're saying there's someone else with a different degree and a different job. And they prey on people who are lonely. They just lost their spouse. Um, they've been alone for quite a long time. You know, people um, sh are like shameful towards these women who buy into it, but I'm not, I totally understand when you're feeling alone and you're lack feeling lack of desire, your kids are grown, you know, people have fallen away. Now we're in COVID under the pandemic. People are just hoping and wanting to have somebody pursue them. So then this picture comes around where it looks like somebody you might be attracted to and your age. And it, it's, it, it's then 
the women start to um, talk to these men, like because the men are saying to them, "Hey, I'm really interested in you," and um, then over time they end up asking for money, and women give it and they give it and they give it until some of these women have lost their homes because of it. That to me is fascinating, and I I, I think I heard you say women are shamed by other people because they got caught in this in this scam. Well, I read comments and even my friends are like, what's wrong with these women? There's nothing wrong with these women. They're intelligent women. They're they're they have their own jobs. They have they're smart in their own right. It's a it's a um emotional feeling of longing. What these guys do, I did my own podcast with a woman named uh, Ruth from Scam Haters, and she it was great. And she said what they do is they have hundreds of women and um they hear they say your name a couple of times and then they just call you honey and babe. Did you take your medication today? What's going on with your son? How did your day go? I'm thinking of you before you go to bed. Who doesn't want that? Especially if you're not getting it from anybody. And a lot of the women will say, I kind of wondered if it was a scam but it felt so good. Sure. Until it came time to ask for money. Right. Right. And then they're giving. Yes. I know. I saw, I saw your interview on uh, just recently um, inside edition. Right. And the woman was recording while she was talking to her scammer and you were on the other, you were on the, on the, on this as well. Right. Were you present while she was doing that? No, they did oh, that was that recorded. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, what was happening is she was talking to her scammer, but Joe was, you know, was listening to this um, interview or this conversation she was having, and uh, finally she said, "Look, I, I don't think you are you are who you are. Why don't you come clean? Who are you?" And he did. Yeah. He came clean with her, and even showed her a picture. Right? Didn't he turn on his camera? Or it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and then wait, then it gets better. So then not this didn't happen to her, but other women are like, then the guy's like, I'm so sorry, I'm from Nigeria, where a lot of this is coming from. And um, you know, I'm poor and we don't know what's happening. Then the women have compassion and empathy for him. And they start giving oh. him money. How do what? you like that? Seriously? Yeah, I had a, one family had to give um a friend of mine's family had to give a I had to do an intervention on the woman, on his on the guy's sister, and said, Stop giving this person money. He's scamming you even when he's telling you who he really is. You're kidding me. She No, swear to God. So the honesty paid off for him as well. Yes. Yeah, I think once you're in it, I don't really understand all the dynamics. I feel so bad for these women. They call me and they say, or you know, email me. I'm sorry, and they're, you know, I'm, I, I'm not in, I'm in love with you, but it's not you. And uh, would you talk to me? And you know, I say to them, I'm a happily married gay man, and um, I don't, I, I'll talk to you for a consultation to walk you through this, but I'm not going to just take my time. I don't have time to talk to you about what happened. I feel bad, you know. How does your husband feel about this? Um. He doesn't really say anything. He just feels bad for the women too. And he just, um, I think we both just, because they're not using my real identity, it's, we have a, like a little bit of a distance from it, but you know, for a while they were using my nephews and niece, calling them their children. And my nephews and niece, um, two of them are still minors and they were minors 10 years ago. And what I really feel bad and angry about is the social media platforms not doing anything about it. This is their problem. You didn't see this on Inside Edition, but they asked me, um, am I thinking about hiring an attorney? And I said to them, why would I have to hire an attorney? This is Facebook's problem. This is Instagram's problem. If I end up hiring an attorney, I'm going to sue Facebook and Instagram because when I report my picture, they do nothing. I have to report it repeatedly for them to finally, they say, no, this doesn't um, you know, uh, cross any guidelines, even though the guy's using my picture. 
Is it because anything you post on Facebook or Instagram is public domain? I don't know. I don't know how even, yeah, I, I don't know. They, I don't really look at the guidelines. It's, I'm not, I don't, I, I feel like I have put so much time into this. I don't put any more time than I have to, you know? So I know you, when you were interviewing with scam haters, is that what it's called? Scam haters. Mm-hmm. So um, have they helped you out a little bit? Have they been able to block some of this? Awesome. Here's what they do. I get something coming. The, uh, and sometimes, by the way, these guys try to friend me. One guy tried to friend me. Um, and I said, what are you doing? You're using my picture. He said, I want to go into business with you. I feel oh. like you and I could make money together. First of all, I would never do that. But would I trust a scammer to go into business with and scam women to? He's, anyways, it's so stupid. So, of course, I block him. Uh, but what, what did you just ask me? What would it mean going into business with a scammer? Like, what what would that look like? Did he even flesh that out for you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't give him a lot of time to talk about it, but I think he meant we both would share the profit of using my picture because it worked. See, I didn't really know what was going on when I first, when Inside Edition first called me two two months ago to do this. I I, I began telling people. I thought, okay, I'm just going to tell people, and and I told my friends. They're all my age. We all are in the same. I don't know what you. I, same attractiveness level. You know, I wouldn't say anybody's, you know, we're all just like these middle-aged, whatever I look like, they look like. And so they were like, why would they pick you? You know, they were all not like jealous, not like it's a mean girl thing, but like, they were like, why you? And I'm like, um, I don't know why me. I have no idea why me. Like, why not them? All I can think of is I put out so much in social media. My pictures are everywhere. I'm uh, Every day I'm doing something. But um, then one guy, one of the friends said, maybe there, it just works and there's a few of them using it. And it turns out that's what's true. So they're, they're, you know, they're sitting in a room and they're passing people's pictures. I'm not the only one. Since this all came out, Dr. Phil did a whole show on somebody. There's another guy in Michigan, a middle-aged model. The guy who did um, uh, Thighmaster, he's my age now and they're using his picture. Um so, you know, it's it's a lot of people. I think some of us are gay um, and they're using, because you never see me in pictures with women. So I'm an easy oh. target, you see? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right? convenient, right? So, Very. So I guess, do th- does this happen to women? Do, do women's pictures get taken and then yes. men are catfished? Oh yeah, I have clients to tell me all the time. They're always getting different women, you know, and they know that they know that they that these women are fake. The name, the the way they look, the, they're too they're too sexy in their pictures. The Nigerian guys have it right. I'm just a normal looking guy. I'm not some model who they're. You know what I mean? That's how they're getting it. Just a, a regular Joe. Is that a regular Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Um, so you were we were talking about scam haters and what they've done for you. Oh, yeah. So now what happens is I, I show it to her. I either send her the link or I send her a picture of, of the guy that's doing it. And boom, it's down in hours. She's awesome. And and she does this all nonprofit, right? So I, I forgot to ask you that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. It happened to her, but it didn't go very far. She caught on really fast. And she's just about justice about this. And thank God for her. Because if it wasn't for her, they you know, these social media platforms, they do nothing. 
Right. I'm glad you've been really vocal about it on on your social media, talking about it a lot. Um, I think it's bringing a tremendous amount of awareness to people. I, I know for me, you know, when we started thinking about wanting to do this interview with you, it first just sort of started out with, you know, love in the time of COVID and how are people navigating that with respect to the risks and fears of getting this virus. And then it just sort of evolved into, oh my gosh, this is something else that this uh, that's a side effect of of a pandemic. I mean, I guess it's interesting what economy has evolved because of COVID. Yeah, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you find out you were being catfished? Like, how did this come to your attention? Well, ten years ago, this woman emailed me and said, "I'm in love with you." I was like. Mike and I were about to sit down and watch a movie. I'm like, you're in love with me. She said, I know it's not you. She had put my picture in a Google search and found me and um, then realized I was gay. I'll, you know, cause that's, you go to internet, it's easy to find me. And so um, then, and then I said, you know, please report it. And then, um, then it happened again. Then it happened again. Then it happened again. And then, um, but I'm telling you in the last year of, or nine months of COVID pandemic, it's happened. I'm two or three times a week. This happens wow. now. That's just crazy. So, <clears throat> what what do, what's the safeguard here? What what you know? I, I for me, I can think of a lot of flags about what I would what I would be looking for. But when you're vulnerable or when you're lonely, those flags aren't obvious, you know. And I think isn't there a saying that goes, "Women love by what they hear, and men love by what they see." And so, mm, you know, I love that. Yeah, I think yeah, it's true. These guys know, and these guys know exactly what to say. Here's what I think the safeguard is, and I said this on Inside Edition too. So many things got cut. We're in 2020. We are all able to see each other um, through Zoom, through Facebook, webcam. So I don't know why it would go beyond a month before you said to the guy, I'm unwilling to talk to you until I see you and we have a face-to-face, right? Well, then these guys say, my camera broke, uh, my phone died. Um, they, uh, Oh, I didn't tell you this. This just happened. One guy um, was talking to me on Twitter. He said, I'm a really fan of your work. So I'm like, oh, okay. I, saw, I get people who say that every once in a while. And they want to. And so then he said, um, would you be, and then I said, but I don't have time to talk to you. If you want to talk to me, schedule an appointment with me. He said, well, I'll leave you alone and I'll be happy to promote your work. If you send me a one minute video of just you waving. Oh, oh, good. See? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, how stupid do you think, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. like, you know, block, you know, like <laughs> goodbye. But that's what they're yeah. doing. But, and the women fall for it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Again, I think it's um, when you're off balance, you know, when society's off balance, when things are off kilter and and um, we're just looking, we're looking to find that connection. And right now it's perfect, perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. And people feel so non-desired. And so, you know, like, look, at, I even jokingly say, I want to get dressed up and be seen, right? You know, that that's that Lizzo sh- a song get um check what is it how does what's the line swing my hair back check my nails you know <laughs> i want to do that and be seen and nobody sees you anymore you know so i think when when you feel seen and some person is saying to you hey i think you're really attractive and you're really somebody i totally understand how people fall for that sure oh for sure uh but i think eventually they would want to meet and to connect and to see this person, you know, and, and develop, bring them into their bubble, as we say, bring them into the COVID bubble. Um, right. But maybe not. Maybe they like 
just the fantasy of it, maybe. Yes, that's what I think it is. It's the romantic fantasy of it. Yeah, yeah. And romance just doesn't work. <laughs> Not right. in the long haul. Uh, no. You know, right, Mandy? All our students are always saying, oh, I want a romantic relationship. And we're like, yeah, those don't yeah. last. <laughs> <laughs> For the first little while, you do. <laughs> right. And then after a while, you, nah. It's it's just smoke and mirrors at that point. So um, <laughs> do you have... Um, what kind of advice can you give us? Like, what, where, where can we go with this? What, on, on both ends, on on hooking up and loving in the time of COVID and protecting yourself, just not from the virus, but from scammers and, you know. I mean, I feel like people should, um, you know, we. I said from the beginning, I heard this line. I may have heard it from Esther Perel. I don't know. But uh, this isn't about social distancing. This is physical distancing. And. So you need to stay social. I mean, I think it's really important to get on Zoom on on some regular basis or whatever webcam service and talk to people and and be seen that way and have a happy hour with people who are um you know who are also on Zoom and making phone calls to people. You know, we I don't know about you. I used to talk on the phone forever and now I I'm just all text I, and I I don't even want to talk on the phone. I just want to like get right to the point in a text. And I think maybe this is about getting back into those kind of conversations where we're interacting with each other on a human basis. Oh, completely agree. I used to tell my kids as these phones were evolving and, you know, it was all about how many pixels your camera had. And I said, so basically you bought a camera that makes phone calls and they're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I know it is. And I agree with you. I mean, what happened to, to talking I, I think it's important. You hear inflections. You can, and that's why you know doing this, doing this um, podcast, this interview with you. We wanted to be on Zoom so we could see you, and mm-hmm. connect that way. Because for I think uh, body cues and nodding and all of all of that unspoken stuff is really still critical. One thing I'll tell you though, I do notice with my couples, I either have couples that are, are have gotten worse because they're on top of each other, and um, so they have nowhere to go or nowhere to get away from each other. Or couples that drop out of therapy because they don't they they need it, but no no situations are coming up for them that are creating conflict, right? So they're like in a standby, not pause button, and so because they don't have anything to talk about their recent, and I'm like, I don't want you to be coming in talking about your recent fight. That's that's not what therapy is for. We need to be talking about the dynamics, but it's hard to convince them to come in and not want to talk about something recent. Oh, so they want to treat the the symptom and not the cause. Interesting. Right. Wow, that seems like that doesn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Good the magic point. pill cure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I don't know if this is happening to the two of you. And I finally, I feel like it's so big that I do, I'm not trying to stop it anymore. I'll, I'll open up Zoom to talk to my client and um, they're holding a glass of wine. And I'm like, um, excuse me, you're in therapy? And they're like, Joe, I've had a long day. I've been on Zoom myself. I'm just relaxing. Let me just have a minute to relax with you. And be. I'm like, would you bring that to my office? No. But if you'd let me, I would, they said. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, people are drinking. On, and I just, I feel like a lot of the rules I would normally have are, are bending now. So that could be kind of, that could be kind of um, iffy, right, though? Because... Uh, as we know, alcohol lowers inhibition, and yep. you might say things that you wouldn't have without filter. Um, yep. I know I probably would for sure. Um, so <laughs> I never get tipsy or anything that I wouldn't want, but they you know they're just having a glass of wine and they're talking to me, and it's just it's changing everything, isn't it? 
Yes, it really is. And um, I was in I was in uh, ASECT uh, Zoom, you know, meet and greet today, uh, the pseudo Christmas party kind of thing. And um, see, people are like, I'm I'm wanting to get back to a new normal. And I thought to myself, this is not normal, and I don't think we should ever call it normal. Oh, I like that. And. I, I I think we're having a very normal response to a very abnormal situation, but this is not my new normal. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so to get back to a new normal is weird for me because I'm not going back because I never was in this normal, right? So I don't want my kids, my grandkids to think this is normal. You know, I I just don't. I know I, it's sad. It is. It is, yeah. I mean, when, you know... I'm fortunate enough to see my grandkids. I know Mandy gets to see hers, and um, thank goodness, my goodness, yeah, I, I would be so oh, sad yeah. if I was isolated from, yeah. from yeah. them. Yeah, it it would be tough. Yeah, on the complete lockdown, um, when we we're still on complete lockdown, we had to sing happy birthday to my five year old granddaughter through Zoom. Mm-hmm. And my daughter goes, "I'm only going to let you do this if you promise not to cry." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> but I think I think you bring up some interesting points about relationships. And I, I guess I never thought about some people really struggling with being together, too much togetherness, right? But then putting their problems on hold. I'm not sure how you would do that, especially if you're overdosing on togetherness. I know. Every couple seems to be doing it differently. But I have had several couples say, we're going to call you back when things are better because nothing's coming up for us. And maybe they're just trying to even enjoy that. And I don't blame them because, you know, they're coming in when they're under so much stress and distress over what's going on that they're just allowing themselves to have some good time and uh, stress-free. Yeah, I guess so. Did you see that one uh, Twitter where it started out in the, the and he says, my wife and I play this new game. It's called Why You're Doing It That Way. There are no winners. And um, <laughs> I thought that was rather appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Way it's too relatable. Up, yeah, or it's only followed up with, um, oh, never mind. I'll just do it myself. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I, I, I appreciate your time. I think, you know, these are really important things for us to be aware of and so that we can move through this period and get back to not this, right? So the old normal. Yeah, the old normal. It'll be interesting to see if 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 these scammers slow down because people will migrate so far away from from that. I don't think they're going to slow down. I think what'll slow down is the people won't be so vulnerable to it. I, I really think that there I don't know that there's more scamming. I think there are more people that are able to be scammed. Oh, so it's an it's a economy booster. So, for these I, people, I guess I don't know. <laughs> God, that's crazy. Well, I I think you're right. I think it's just an opportunity of the perfect storm. I'll tell you what I do tell my clients, and I try to say this to myself: Can you look around about what's what's good? What the good? What what good has come out of this for you uh, while we're in this? And for me, I was traveling. I was traveling twice a month with Pessy. I was go- gone Sunday, coming back Wednesday night, then seeing a full caseload Thursday through Saturday in my practice. And I loved it. I loved all the travel. I loved meeting all these therapists. I loved finding, seeing family and friends all across the world and country, wherever I was going. But um, when it stopped, I thought it would be upsetting to me. I love being home. 
I love being with my husband more. We started remodeling the house. I care about my house more. I've just been more um, around and available. And I feel, and, and I feel lucky in our business because I thought, you know, I don't take insurance. I never have. And I, and when this coat, when we first had the lockdown, um, I went from having 25 clients to seven, six, it really scared me, but it was only two weeks. And after that, boom, I just exploded. And all the therapists that worked for me exploded and, and we were doing okay. And, um, and therapists are taking on more because you can, you're, you're on zoom. So you can, you don't have to rush home and drive home. So we're lu I'm lucky for that, that we can, I can still work. Yes. Oh, us, us too. Yeah. I mean, my other life is I own a cryo bank. And so those things, you know, uh, fertility preservation and, and um, all of that has, has really been uh, quite prevalent this year because I, you know, there's other things going on besides COVID, you know, people still get cancer and want to store prior to treatment right. and people transition and all those things are still happening. And I think that's been a real reality check for us too. And, and so we kind of see the world in that, in that realm as well. I know for Mandy though, she's teaches in a high school and it has been mm. a, not very most difficult. fun of times. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd, I was thinking when, when you were telling your story about um, some of your clients drinking wine, how thankful I am that I haven't hit that yet, that none of my <laughs> students have brought alcohol to class. Um, you know, some, some of her, they're, they're in bed when we're, when we're in class yeah. and, and things like that. But thankfully, nobody's brought anything illegal into my <laughs> Google Meets because, um, yeah, I was just thinking that that would be a low end for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But like you said, I'm grateful to still be working. So yeah, me too. What can you say? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to chime in? Is there anything you want to add? Um, I'm not, I, I'm trying not to be judgmental about people who are continuing to hook up. I mean, I understand that people still have sexual needs and um, some people feel like they're, you know, not as much at risk or they're going to be okay. And you really don't know that. I've seen 35 year olds, um, you know, struggle horribly. And I've seen 65 year olds, it goes through them like a cold. I just think people need to be, be careful about the kissing. I don't see why you couldn't wear a mask, you know, while you're having sex, why, why it needs to be, um, that there are precautions you can take, you know, you can, that there are ways you can be, you can have masturbation together side by side. There's, there's ways to do this without, with, with, with doing some precautions, I guess. Sure. I, I agree. I think all of those are true. And then also um, the autonomy piece of if you feel you want to take that risk and it's with consent with your partner, then, yep. you know, do it. It's sort of like, when people would tell us, well, I've been tested for STD, so I'm clean. And we're like, but you might not be tomorrow because <laughs> right, we have right. zero convert, you know, because you have zero conversion and all of that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Right. I mean, I go out into the world every day and my husband doesn't. We haven't kissed in nine months. I'm, I mean, other than a little, because I'm too nervous about it. I really am. Oh, really? Wow. I'm scared I'm going to give it to him. And then if I give it to him and he dies. I'm Jewish. That would live with me. I mean, it would be like a horrible guilt thing for me. I don't want that to happen. That's that's intense. That that would be that would be tough. I know. I, 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 I that's a tight spot to be in for sure. And yeah. I'm making it for. I mean, I'm just neurotic about it. I just feel really. I I'm, I want to be careful. Sure, sure. And I think when you counsel your your clients on that, you just say, "Well, 
if, if the risk, if you, if you know the risk and it's with consent, then, you know, knock yourself out. I did have one client who, um, when he would talk, it was just natural for him. I noticed it before COVID. It didn't bother me. I noticed it though. He would say, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. My spouse, you know, how people do that. I, I got, I'm mixing up my words like this and like burpees. Right. And spitting, <laughs> spit comes out. I'm like, so when COVID hit, I'm like, listen, you can't do that. We're in my office. We're nine feet apart. I have a huge office. I'm like, so um, we're not wearing masks, but you can't do burpees in my office because if you're going to do that, and he didn't even know he did it, I was trying to make him laugh, but he got offended. And I said, listen, here's how we're going to solve this. I'm not, we'll talk about the therapeutic effects of this, but first I'm going to tell you the reality for me. I'm uninterested in negotiating this with you. So we're either going to wear masks or we're going to go to Zoom or we're going to take a break from therapy uh, um, that if you're having a problem with this and that's how I felt before we're going to talk about therapy because protect, I needed to protect myself. How'd you resolve that? Well, he was okay in the beginning and then he fired me oh. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fire me. I mean, whatever you need to do, but I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not going to be exposed, you know? Sure. Oh, and I had said to him, it's not even just me. I have to think about my husband, my family, the people I'm coming home, I'm back to and he understood that for a minute and then, then he didn't. I just was saying, you've got to do what you have to do for your, to right. keep yourself protected. I mean, so my other clients don't do that. Yes. And um, so we just sit, most of my clients are on zoom, but I do go in two days and I'll see people who want to be seen. And again, when I meet them at the door, we're wearing masks down the hallway, masked, I take their temperature. And then when we sit down, I'm nine feet away. And that's a nice compromise. I think, you know, it allows people to have some connection to another person and yet still be safe and um, logical. And it looks like it's working out for you. So I think yeah. that, and them, yeah. right? So that's really good. Well, good. Well, this has been very um, enlightening for us. And I so appreciate your time because I do know you are incredibly busy and we appreciate you um, giving us your your insight on this and your experience well, for you. sure. Thank you. And thanks for thinking of me. I always like I'll talking with you. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. And maybe the next time we talk, it'll be in person. Yeah. That'll be nice. Yes. Yeah. We'll be will. vaccinated. It would be great. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Joe. All right. So that was a lot of fun, Betsy. I really enjoyed interviewing Joe. Um, I liked all the questions you had for him, but I, I really think that it was interesting to hear how much more he's being used in the catfish scams since COVID started than, um, than before. You know, I would have never really thought about that being a bigger issue now than it was in the past, but um, it was really enlightening to hear from him how He's, he's, it's been something he's dealt with before, but even as, as COVID hit, how it's just been more and more for him. Exactly, which I think is a huge testament to one of the side effects or what I call collateral damage of COVID is the loneliness, the isolation, and the um, probably the easier target people are becoming because they're even more isolated than they were. Um, and so... And he, and he really hits hits the point on that with respect to the you know the influx of all of that happening. I think what was also interesting is that you know I thought it was funny when he talked about how people were asking him, well, why you? You're just an average looking guy. Yeah. And um, but I think 
you know, he is, he's attractive and he, he is that guy, right? When you look at him, he looks approachable. He looks like he would be somebody you'd want to have a drink with and, you know, and is capable of saying all the things that these scammers are saying. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that in some ways that, um, you know, there, there, there may or may not be anything special about him that's getting him chosen, but because he has a an online kind of persona and he's in the public eye in some ways, I think that, you know, we talk a lot about body language and all of that, that different stuff, but I think that people who are in the public eye, they photograph differently because, you know, you're, you're presenting yourself for the public in, in, in those photos and it makes you more approachable than, than somebody who's just taking their own selfie or getting a picture taken by a friend just for the purposes of social media as opposed to marketing. And I think that his photos are, I mean, and I don't know what photos they've used, but I'm guessing that they use some marketing photos of him that he, you know, where he seems more personable just in the photo, more approachable. Sure. And they used pictures of him with his niece and nephew, you know, so he looks like a a family man. Um, And they all use pictures of him at a wedding um, or uh, at him, you know, um, at a conference doing a, like you said, doing a, a workshop. So, you know, he's out there getting it done. Right. And, but I also found it really interesting that it, it wouldn't, it would not be hard to like when she did a picture match on Google, cause obviously they're not using his name, but right. you know, you could certainly go, well, what does this guy really do? And then you find out, Oh, wow. Right. And I've never been asked for money or anything, but I certainly don't reverse look up the pictures of everybody who tries to friend me on Facebook who I've never heard of before, you know. Um, But, you know, after talking with Joe, I certainly, certainly might if it's somebody that I would be suspicious of. Um, Although you're not going to see me sending money to anybody I've never met. Um, (laughs) You know, it's 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 interesting, though, though, because I've I've never really thought in terms of who is that really behind the picture on social media um, I get requests from people all the time that I don't know, you know, so, yeah. so yeah. the question is, are they real people or if I reverse looked them up, are they going to be catfish? I mean, yeah, it's just kind well, of interesting. And yeah. And then ultimately to me, ultimately, ultimately, when they found out that this person was scamming them, they were sending money to him because they felt sorry for him because he was a scammer that got outed. And so then they still sent him money because they felt sorry for him. Well, now that's just a choice. That's no longer a scam. That that's that's just a choice. I know. Maybe not the best one, but <laughs> but you know who am I to judge? <laughs> but at that point, you can't say you've been scammed anymore. You're just saying I'm making some interesting decisions with with my own money in my own life. Yes, but you felt <laughs> sorry for the person who scammed you, so you sent yeah. them money. That's that's a really good scammer, right? That's like some back, you know, some some kind of like that. We need a new name for Stockholm syndrome. That's you know just a little <laughs> different. I don't know. I now feel sorry for the guy that scammed me. So I don't know what that's called, but it's some version of Stockholm. I'm sure of it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, it's been fun. This is Dr. B and Mandy Johnson, and this is it's not human sexuality. It was good seeing you. (laughs) 
podcast was created to promote Look Both Ways and the textbook written by Dr. Cairo. That's me. Look Both Ways is a nonprofit organization based in Loveland, Colorado, with a mission to educate our youth about their reproductive health to make informed decisions for their future. We do this by educating the educators through professional development. We also put on free conferences for both teens and parents of teens and preteens. Textbooks used in schools are donated by Look Both Ways to eliminate the money obstacle for schools interested in piloting or adopting our curriculum and textbook. As a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and accepting donations. For more information about Look Both Ways, our fundraising efforts, or to make a donation, please visit lookbothways.us. That's L-O-O-K-B-O-T-H-W-I-S dot U-S. This is Dr. B and Mandy Johnson wishing you well. Be sure and catch all our episodes of It's Not Human Sexuality on Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, speaking of segue, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. We're having a mic issue with Mandy, so if we could just hold on that segue for a minute. That's because this is the silliest thing. Don't laugh at me. Um, it's not plugged in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel so much better about yeah. all my difficulties. <laughs>